It was a week ago in Cuba. A mission team to a dark area of Havana. Not just dark with rolling blackouts. Dark because the area is known for its many followers of Santeria, a satanic religion born out of West Africa, thriving in Cuba. The mission team took Bibles and reading glasses, 500 pairs. It was an evangelistic outreach, reading glasses to draw people to church, singing, praying, sharing Jesus, 200 people, a small gospel booklet used at every station of the eye exam, eyesights tested, glasses fitted, a Bible given. Each person asked to profess their sins and pray to receive Christ. Many prayed to meet Jesus, two entire families, and a middle teenager whose eyes were rolling strangely when he arrived. At the end, he confessed and prayed, and in Spanish said, I can see, I'm free. He went home with his new Bible to burn his fetishes. Last week, the gospel bearing fruit in Havana. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this final Tuesday in October, we're in a program series called Nobody Wins Alone. We've been talking for a couple of weeks about underdogs. It's not just a term for sports, but that's where we hear it the most. The underdog in sports is the one that very few people think can win. It's usually the smaller team, the more inexperienced team, or the less talented team. Seeing the underdog defy the odds and go on for the victory is one of the best parts about sports. But when I say underdog... I'm not just talking about a team of sport. I'm talking about people. People who society has counted out, dismissed. People that no one thinks the Lord will love. People that find themselves on the outside, looking in. When I was a youth, I wanted to play organized sports, but because of my post-polio, I just couldn't do it. I found myself on the sidelines, looking on at my friends on a team. I was able to play in the band, which I enjoyed, but part of me still wanted to suit up with a team and march out for the big games. I wanted a place to belong. One of my colleagues here at Haven Ministries also had that experience, and he was even on the team. He didn't get to play much, and because of that, even though he was on the team, he didn't really feel like part of the team. There he was, on the sidelines, on the outside, looking in. Many of us experience that day by day, maybe not on a sports team, but as we look at our friends succeeding while we're struggling, maybe financially, or others around us with a happy and fulfilling life while we spend our days alone and sometimes depressed. It's a real struggle to be on the outside looking in, to be counted out, to be overlooked, and in a way, we see this play out in the Bible, don't we? Time and time again, the Lord moves toward us and rescues us who have been overlooked and forgotten, those who have been counted out. Ultimately, though, Jesus was even overlooked. John tells us he came to his own, but they rejected him. They didn't see who he was. And as a result of his life of service to the underdogs, he was put to death on a cross. The Lord receives and welcomes those who have been counted out. In a moment, 
we're going back to the beginning of time, Genesis time, where it shares many underdog stories, and we will see one that involved Adam and Eve and their sons, Cain and Abel. Abel was an underdog, but the Lord had his eye on it. And a little later in the program, I'm going to share a special update from Cuba on my recent trip that was completed last week. After the program, for your gift to help us share the great story on your local station and so many others around the world, I'd like to send you the new feature film called American Underdog. This true life story about Kurt Warner shows his drive to become a great player, but how his dreams were not realized until he put the idol of football behind him and decided to follow Jesus and then provide for his family. American Underdog. It's an inspiring journey of faith, family, and determination that will remind you that God works through everyday people like you and me. I want to send you the American Underdog DVD for your gift, so call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, watch the trailer and a clip for the movie, and then you can make your gift when you visit us at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now, I want us to open with something Jesus called us. A song about being a friend. Even when I'm walking through the valley of dark shadows. Even when I'm overwhelmed beneath the weight of sorrow. Even when I can't outrun my fears and every other hope has disappeared. I'm not alone. I'm not alone I've still got Jesus Oh, I've still got Jesus Closer than a brother No matter Take away all of the things down here I treasure You can leave me nothing but the breath inside my lungs Still I know that I'd have everything I can lift my empty hands and see At the end of the day With joy I can say Still got Jesus, oh I still got Jesus closer than a brother. No matter where I am, when I need it, I in the fight and need to know somebody's on my side. He always steps in.
That's Joel Vaughn and friends here on this Haven Today. Nobody wins alone. I'm Charles Morris. We're thinking about underdogs all week, and we're returning to the beginning to hear today's story. You'll find the story I want to bring up just after Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. In the ancient world, it was the firstborn son who was special. Yes, all children were counted as blessings, but the firstborn son, he got the most privileges. He inherited the family estate. He received the blessing and favor of his father. The firstborn was special. But in the story between Cain and Abel, we see the underdog welcomed by the Lord. Adam made love to his wife Eve. She became pregnant. She gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. And later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain became very angry, and his face was downcast. Here's the story. Adam and Eve had sinned against the Lord. They were kicked out of the garden. Yet the Lord did not put them to death. Instead, he brought life into the world through Cain and Abel. Cain was the firstborn, the special one, or so they thought. But when they brought their offerings, it was Abel's that the Lord looked on with favor. Theologians go back and forth on why Cain's wasn't received, and the text isn't totally clear. All we know is that the Lord's favor was on Abel. The overlooked secondborn became the favored one in the Lord's eyes. That's a theme that runs throughout Scripture, the younger being chosen over the older. The Lord intentionally and consistently upends all our expectations, all the time. Cain's offering was overlooked. He went from privileged and special son to overlooked and forgotten. He came to experience what Abel had surely experienced, and he didn't like it. The text says his face was downcast, and isn't that how it works today as well? When you've gone through life, privileged or favored, it can really hurt to find yourself on the other side of the coin. I can think of children with highly successful parents. They go through their early years wanting for nothing, receiving any opportunity or thing they desire. But when it comes to them trying to find their own way in the world, our dad or our mom didn't help them get a job. They experience for the first time, what it's like not to be privileged. And that hurts. They kind of wish for a little bit of nepotism in those moments, maybe. They want to experience their privilege once again, and their faces grow downcast. How many times we experience this when we lose our privilege, and it gives us a better perspective. We all of a sudden understand what it's like to be overlooked, or mistreated, or forgotten. It leads you to humility. But sometimes it can lead to anger. 
And that's exactly what happened to Cain. Let me share the rest of the story. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. And then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? Famous words. But then the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. The Lord wanted to intervene. He knew Cain was angry that he was no longer in the privileged position. He knew Cain was plotting something terrible, but Cain refused to listen. And he went ahead and sinned against his brother and against the Lord himself. What have you done? It's the exact same question the Lord asked Eve in the garden. What have you done? It's a question that confronts us all. When you were overlooked, forgotten, or lonely, what have you done? Did you sin against your neighbor in your heart by hating them? Did you sin against them by treating them badly or wishing harm upon them? Being the underdog hurts, but out of that pain, the Lord brings healing and humility and a heart of faith. The question is, how do we respond? Cain responded with anger. And the Lord again came to Abel's side. The Lord's heart is for the underdog and the mistreated. Cain's anger led him to sin. He didn't let his experience give him a new perspective and grow his love and compassion for his brother. He decided to do whatever he needed to do to get back his privilege. Maybe if Abel was dead, the Lord would bless him once again. Sin can really lead us to some twisted logic, can't it? Our desire to get back on top can poison our minds. Our fear of being outcasts or becoming the underdog can ruin us, or it can lead us to Jesus. He was the underdog of all underdogs. No one expected him to save anyone. He was born in a poor town to poor parents in a poor community. He had nowhere to lay his head, we're told in Scripture. Yet he spent his days caring for the lost and the poor and the forgotten. And he even died as an underdog. But the Lord brought him back from the dead. And that was a signal to all of us that death does not have the final word. The Lord sees our struggles and he sees our pain. Yet he will not let death triumph over us in the end. Just as he came to Abel's defense, he stands by us against the enemy. And he calls us to faith. A faith in Christ that says, even though we are forgotten, he remembers us. A faith that says, even though we are underdogs, in Christ, we are more than conquerors. That's the gospel that saves us and his work that gives us the humility we need to live as underdogs, even in the here and even in the now. Turn your eyes upon Jesus 
Sovereign grace, singing of our glorious Christ, turn your eyes on this haven today. I want to take a moment and tell you about Cuba and our first trip back after three years. I wanted to bring you a first-hand report. There were 12 of us who traveled to the country hit hard and hit hard again by Hurricane Ian. Rolling blackouts continue. Food is in short supply. I only found black beans to eat one time in the week that I was there. One young pastor and his wife shared with me they had only had meat to eat once in the past five months. We held two pastors' conferences for 60 and 30 pastors. We fed them as much as they and their spouses could eat. We shared how to preach Christ from all the scriptures. We even gave a study Bible to each attendee. They'd never owned one, never seen one. We then held an evangelistic effort at a church in Havana. I talked about this as we opened. 200 came when the word got out in a very dark, satanic neighborhood that we were bringing eyeglasses. We fitted most of them, and we also offered the gospel. And many prayed to receive Christ. Two entire families, I reported already. And that young man who was nervous, but he just came because he needed to see, so he came for glasses. There were large goosebumps on his arms, and his eyes were just rolling. But at the end of the day, his eyes were normal. He received a free Bible after praying to receive Christ as Savior. And he left with no rolling eyes, headed home, to burn his satanic Santeria fetishes. That's the gospel at work. We serve a big God. And now I want to ask for your help. We also met with 20 pastors in the hardest hit area following the hurricane. None had power 20 days after the storm. All their churches lost roofs. Half had lost their entire buildings. Two had also lost their own homes. What's needed? Well, what's needed is safe water and light with no power. So I want to ask you right now to visit our website as we want to send safe water systems into the hardest hit areas of Cuba. But especially read about the solar lights that we're planning to start sending over the next few weeks. They're the size of a Chinese lantern. These solar lights provide light for six hours, and they come with a charging plug for cell phones. And we've gotten a special price, $18 each. That's cheaper than you can buy it on Amazon. And this would make an immediate impact to help these destroyed churches. And if you can, please send some help for our daily radio program, Sharing Christ Across the Entire Island. I know the Lord will use everything that you can spare. All for the kingdom, all for Jesus. Here's our website to learn more about how you can help. Haventoday.org Haventoday.org Read about the lights, read about safe water. 
And we still have the DVD American Underdog for your gift that will help us keep sharing the great story all over North America. You can also call us if you'd like. And our number to call is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, together, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. No one wants it. Trials and tribulation, suffering. We live much of our lives trying to avoid things like getting sick or being poor. But Jesus promised us that in this world we would have tribulation. But he also told us to take heart because he's overcome the world. The wrestling match is over. Our Savior won. And it wasn't even close. And that's why James can tell us, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Keep your eyes on Jesus, even in suffering, and you will receive unimaginable blessings forever. That's the Lord's promise to you, even when life hurts. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.